I mean, oh I think you're God. really, really I mean, wrong. I, just think I think you're just really, really we wrong. We just agree to disagree. Okay? <laughs> Fine. You know what? How about y'all leave and it'll no just talking. be me okay. on the microphone. No more talking. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to You're Going to Die, the podcast. Uh, This is a special episode. It was recorded before all the pandemic unfolding, and so it's special in that it represents a time that I miss, which is a time where we were all able to gather together in small spaces regularly with people we love that aren't housemates. And um, it's also special because it is a conversation with some of my best friends that do You're Going to Die with me, Uh, Chelsea Coleman, um, sharing her story, who um, is the CFO of You're Going to Die, and a musician, and many other parts and pieces of this thing, and Morgan Bolender, also a musician, and the program manager for our hospice and music program, Songs for Life. And, of course, Scott Farreter, who, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know and love already. So I'm real happy that this is something we got out months ago and have to share now for all those reasons. So there are some references that might sound or feel out of date and you can just like rest easy and not feel anxious that we're gathering together, doing a podcast during a time when we're not supposed to and just listen to it. Like I do like a, a fond memory of the way things used to be just enjoy kind of resting in that. And I love this episode because it is all those things and there's some music. I recommend finding moments to kind of close your eyes and just imagine sitting with us there. Anyway, hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of You're Going to Die, the podcast. Um, I got some special guests uh, here that we'll get to in a second. We'll introduce them in a second. But first, Scott, nice to have you back. Nice to be doing this again with you. Good to be here. You always welcome me back to my own space, but uh, (laughs) it's good to be here, too. (laughs) That's funny. We record it in your room. So it's funny to be like, welcome. Yeah. Well, do you want to welcome me this? Do you want to give that a try? Um, yeah. Welcome to my room (laughs) and you welcome into my heart. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's nice to finally arrive. Yeah. I feel like I've been outside your heart for 
the whole time I've known you, but today. Up until now. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> All right, so you probably heard cry. other sighs and pitter-patterings. Um, we're here with the crew today, the YG2D crew, um, on um, flanking me on... Oh, <laughs> I knew it. Sorry, her microphone's real close by. That's how close she's flanking me. Morgan Bolander. Morgan, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Good. Glad you're here. Yeah, glad to be here. Welcome into my heart. Uh, <laughs> and flanking me on Scott's right is <laughs> Chelsea Coleman. Chelsea, how are you? I'm good. Happy to be flanking today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're all here. It, it's fitting that we're all here on the You're Going to Die, the podcast. Um, the You're Going to Die, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because there's so much going on right now. Scott and I talking about what episodes needed to be done. We were sure that one thing that needed to happen suddenly as soon as possible was that we could all be together. And there's not more to say about that in detail necessarily right now, other than all of us, I think, have made you're going to die theirs in ways that's unique to all of us right now. And and that's a big deal for me because I've done this thing for so long, for so many years, kind of just as my own show. And and uh, to be in a place now where it feels like it's shared is so special. And, and so it's really nice to be with all of you on this particular episode early in the early in the many episodes to come of You're Going to Die, the podcast. So I'm um, glad we're all here. Same. Same. So uh, one thing I know for sure I'd like to have happen while we're all together on the show is a little bit of what Scott and I did in the first episode. And that's just to kind of hear, you know, I mean, you can start with just how you're doing in general and then kind of how you're doing in relation to You're Going to Die. And then I'd love to hear each of you talk a little bit about the story that sort of led you into this as far back as maybe your relationship to death and dying and all that, um, but also the creative journey and, and then, you know, why you're here, I guess. Does either of you want to start as immediately as possible? Yes. Go ahead, Chelsea. I want oh. to start. Chelsea Coleman wants to start. Okay. Um, well, it's it's a fun question to answer because recently I've been telling more people about what I do with You're Going to Die because I'm going to host the first Oakland show, blah, blah, blah. I'm, you know, really excited about all of it. And lots of people ask me, what got you into that? Why are you interested in death and, and like, dying and the conversation around it? And <clears throat> it's always hard to answer that question because it's such a part of my life now, which I think it ought to be for all of us to, like, live in reference to our death, reg- like, daily. So... So remembering back to a time when I wasn't aware of my death or the death of people around me feels weird. Like, I don't remember it very well. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, answering the question why I'm interested in this, it's like, because I'm a person. I I don't know, because I'm a human that's going to die. So it's hard to remember what actually uh, got me to want to go to an event called You're Going to Die. Um, I, I do. Um, my grandpa had just died and I had the great honor of spending a lot of time with him in the last year of his life. That's one of the reasons why I moved to the Bay area. And 
it, it was such a joy to get to spend time with him. And also it was a trying time because he had cancer and he had the like fight, 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 fight to the end spirit. And for some reason, um, and like, like we're going to beat this thing, even though he had mesothelioma, he lived like five years longer than they thought he was going to live anyway, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and when I, I, he went to the hospital in like April of 2012 and, you know, he has four children who are my mom and my aunts and uncles. And for some reason, the palliative care nurse grabbed me and took me aside to this little room to tell me, hey, like, we need to start talking about a DNR. Mm -hmm. We need to start talking about hospice. We need to start talking about these things. I'm here to help you understand all this. And I was like, I'm just a granddaughter. Mm -hmm. But, but, but I didn't say that, you know, because I, I did feel up for it. I was like 24 five years old and Mm -hmm. I was just like oh actually I think I am the person for this job you know like I'm removed enough that it that I'm not in denial of his death the the same way uh maybe my you know the same way that his uh sons and daughters might have been because it's Mm -hmm. closer to to them in a way that might have been harder for them um, for me, it was more of a joy to like be with my grandpa in this ending time of his life. And it wasn't as like, oh, I can't handle my grandpa dying. It was just like, oh, like I, I want to be here for this. I want to show up for this. And I, and I can. And, um, and so I did, like I had conversations with my aunts and uncles and, and, um, that went really well. And I had conversations with my grandpa that were hard, but good. And, um, he didn't go on hospice until like a few weeks before he died, which is fine. But um, that's all in April of two thousand. Uh, that he that he died in July of two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. So he still waited and mm-hmm. um, to go on hospice after that. Um, but he died at home, and I was there, and his you know some of his brothers were there, and some of his kids were there, and um, you know I sang to him while mm-hmm. he was dying, and I remember feeling then um, when I was singing to him. Uh, you know, I've been a musician since I would, since I can remember, and I've been like a performing career musician for I don't know almost ten years now. And I remember feeling then like this is the most important thing I might ever do with my music. Mm-hmm. This is this is probably the most important thing I'll ever do in my life is to sing him in in this into his transition to death. And um, and it did. It felt like a you know it's kind of well. I used to do disclaimers, and now I'm doing a disclaimer about doing disclaimers. Um, now it's it's kind of fun to just talk about the medica- metaphysical realm. Um, like I, you know, th- this like portal opened, and there were five thousand angels singing with me, welcoming into the heaven that he believed in, and the heaven that he believed he was going to go meet my grandma in. And I was like, yes, go go with the angels, and let's all sing together for you, welcoming you in, you know, and. Um, it was very profound and it and it helped me like get started on the journey of like being in the conversation about death because it fe- it feels so uh, much more meaningful than m- most anything else I do and so being participating in the conversation through music uh, feels like 
one of the main things I get to do with my life, like one of the main purposes of my life. Mm. So you must have come back from that experience to the city, and I imagine we were at Viracocha by then, mm-hmm. and maybe came came and played a song mm-hmm. for your grandpa, probably. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to remember. All I know is very soon after I met you and heard you sing, I I had to have immediately invited you to be a performer mm-hmm. for a curated uh, slot at the show, and I remember that pretty vividly, actually. It was such a gift to be able to perform there because as a singer songwriter like, I write about my feelings I write about hard things I write about sad things and I was I I just moved to town to the bay in 2011 I was playing lots of open mics playing lots of bars playing lots of like these I don't, I don't know like I I felt like much of my material was too sad and I was supposed to play more entertaining things and so to find a place where people showed up to hear about the hard stuff was like, thank God for this outlet because I don't, you know, I don't have to sugarcoat the hard stuff. I can just sing about my grandpa and I can sing about my sister and I can sing, you know, I can just um, bring all the heaviness and it can be held there and people want it. People showed up for it. Mm-hmm which is a huge gift. Yeah. You know, I don't feel that way when I'm playing at a bar. I feel like, okay, I'm going to, I can play some, I can play heartbreak songs. People, you know, people are down for that. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not going to play songs about my grandpa dying mm-hmm. at a bar, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, you've described, I mean, I feel like, Scott, your first visit was very similar to that. This sudden, just like, you talked about it in the first episode too, just the, oh, <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to, find this you know to play these yeah yeah my approach had been different in that i felt like i was playing them at the bars anyways and it just wasn't working over and over mm-hmm. <laughs> so to show up to a space where same same feeling where it was just yeah. like oh this is actually what people are here for and they're not only okay with that they're not only going to tolerate that but they came for that mm-hmm. wow yeah um to you know i do mean that i vividly remember you singing your songs in that particular space and it's really special to recollect that time and then jump you know to now and have you starting the oakland show and and um you know in september and um feel the journey and feel the connectedness through you know um i mean a particularly special moment for me was calling you up when I knew that for the first time I very specifically wanted someone to come in to the open mic and hold hold that space musically with mm-hmm. me, not just as a curated artist, but as someone who was there to kind of be... Uh, we okay okay like it's the ongoing joke we don't know what it's called the, the co-facilitator the, no, the co-host the host to clarify the ongoing co-host. joke is that everybody knows what it's called it's a co-host but ned is unwilling to call it what it is that's the ongoing joke Whoa. but the reason I think, <laughs> yeah, exactly i think Moving probably right part along. of it is that I, it's almost like co-host doesn't acknowledge the part that you guys do so well that i can't do and so it's almost like co-host is like, oh, well, you're just helping me do what I do. And mm-hmm. so, you know, but like you guys, each of you, Morgan, Scott, you and Chelsea, you know, like you guys musically holding the space. Like I, I've attracted beings like you in my lifetime 
from as way back as high school. And I'm sure versions of it before where kids weren't like playing music yet, but probably eventually did. But those kind of best friends of my life. And they've rounded out my experience. And I'm, there's like a list of names coming up for me that it's, it's, it's rounded out that experience in life where it's, I haven't had the talent or the time or the commitment to learn an instrument and play music and go out and do that in the world. And by finding friends like you guys, and then especially in the You're Going to Die conversation, I would say... It's funny to, that we joke that I'm like, oh, well, your co-host, I'm not admitting it or something. In a way, I'd like to just be clear that while maybe there's some truth to that, there's also that the word doesn't acknowledge you guys for what you bring that I just cannot bring. And, and that also comes up in just the things you share and say, of course, like your own unique experience with uh, in the shows, in the movement, you're going to die, but also where your relationship with all that comes from in your own unique lives. Um, but okay, for okay, all that being said, um, co host, um, I just remember calling you up and asking you to co host uh, the show with me at, at the Lost Church. Uh, do you remember yeah, that phone call? I do remember that very vividly, yeah. so vividly. Another one, I think, of all these many sort of sacred, magical, yeah. so important moments of the whole story, you know, like there's, I was supposed to call that day, and I don't think all life is always like that, but. A lot of you're going to die significant moments are and calling you that day was like I knew we both on the phone knew it and and to see yeah. even that further along now this month this year is so reaffirming and and assuring to me you know about trusting and uh in ourselves mm-hmm. you know yeah there were a series of events after that because i it was right after my breakup with my son's dad and we had had a duo together um, and had a band with some other folks, too. And um, and we stopped playing music together um, at the time. And the first few You're Going to Die shows lined up exactly with an event that him and other friends were playing that I would have otherwise had lots of FOMO about or felt like, oh, I should be there, but duh. And instead, I just had this overwhelming sense of like, oh... I get to do what I'm here to do. Right. Yeah. I remember you saying On that. these exact dates. <laughs> they happen to be the exact same dates. Then yeah. it was just very was vivid. Crazy. It was very like, here it is. Like, I'm I'm doing this on this day. This is the direction that my life is going in. Mm. And, it, and it was a huge blessing because I needed direction at the time. And it felt like the, the perfect thing. It felt like, you know. I'd been getting more of a call to participate in those kind of spaces, you know, like uh, less like big, huge entertainment festival vibes and more like a room full of 60 people feeling their feelings mm-hmm. and being really quiet while they listen to each other tell yeah, their stories. Totally. <laughs> That's what I'm here to do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. And maybe big entertaining festivals every once in a while. Mm-hmm. That's fun too, every once in a while. Um. Another way, like all of this kind of has come together to record this podcast, like this specific episode, was because, you know, we all met recently to just kind of one of our You're Going to Die meetings. And Jordan, who, you know, all of you listeners will meet um, eventually, um, Jordan Edelheit, I think that's how you say her last name. <laughs> I've never said it aloud. We'll figure that out before okay, the next cool. podcast. And then I'll make sure that we <laughs> record it correctly. Um, but Jordan, uh, 
is helping us with our prison project and uh, really leading it actually. And um, so at the end of our meeting, y'all left and then Jordan said, so wait, how did you meet everybody? And every single one of your stories is just the best thing to tell the best way to tell like, Oh, well, yeah. So they found me on indeed.com. You know what I mean? It's like nothing like that. It's all these really profound and wonderful, you know, do you know what indeed.com no, is? Oh, okay, good. Of course you guys don't know. That's exactly <laughs> why indeed.com is just like a job search website. It's just, oh it's yeah. Just no, a, we don't. I, I'd like to apply I for a CFO of your nonprofit. Can I, can I, could I have made it more clear how you guys are not, that's not the way I would have met you than mentioning a way you could have met me that you'd have no idea exists. Are you looking for a co-host? <laughs> <laughs> and in truth, co-host, I would use that on Indeed.com. <laughs> I'm looking for a co-host. Um, and Morgan, your story is, of course, like no less precious and magical. Um, and I know all of you guys, and I and I want you to tell us your version of it. But um, I mean, I just remember you. And the first time you sang at a show, you know, and singing acapella and just, uh, you know, mm. it, it's, it, there's been a lot of times over all these years where I've said, okay, I heard one song from somebody and it's just like, okay, um, I need you to come back and I need you to perform again. Um, but there, but it's not a huge amount of people, you know, like there's special memorable moments and, and all three of you are, are like vivid, you know, and I mean it like vivid in my mind. Um, and so I just want to hear from you, Morgan, kind yeah. of uh, why you're here and however however that happened. Yeah. Oh, man, I could still feel like the sensation of doing that acapella song that first show. It's like my heart's pounding just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll get to that. Um, so I was new to the Bay Area. Um, I had been in the Bay maybe a year or so, and it had been really hard um, to transition from traveling quite a bit um, to learning how to live in one place. I didn't have any friends, really, that were living here. Well, yeah, and um, I was also really tired from all the traveling, and so I was. I hadn't had a room in five years, so the first year or so, I was just like, I have a room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, it was, an, it was an attic, Yeah, like, where did, where did you move in the Bay Area, and, like, what year? Was it? I think it was 2014, mm-hmm. I think. And when I first moved to the Bay, um, I lived on an old uh, wooden sailboat mm-hmm. in the Berkeley Marina. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and I was actually just thinking about it yesterday, how like I got here and was like, how do I human living in a city? Um, and I remembered like that the boat was leaking and that nobody could know I was living on it sort of thing. And like, yeah. Yes. And it like, and it leaked through oh to and my clothes all got wet, but I didn't have a car or anything. So all my clothes were moldy and everything wow, was moldy. And I was just like, and I was just like walking a few miles into town every day with like a heavy backpack and like looking up, like how to live in a city. Like what? I need to find a job here. Like no idea what I'm doing. And it was like, it was an excruciatingly lonely time. Mm. It was just like, all right, what are you made of? Because my heart and soul had said like, this is where, this is where you're moving. Like I knew I needed to make home. It sent me here. Um, and then I was just like, okay, got to figure this out. And Mm. so I guess around a year into being here, I was like, okay, I need to really 
like arrive and find my people. Um, and I, I got an email or something and I went on this, um, I went on this group hike sort of thing, I think through like meetup.com. I don't remember, but, um, I connected with the leader of it and she, a month or two later emailed me and was like, Oh, this thing is happening. You're going to die. Mm. And as soon as I saw it, I just had this feeling of like, Oh yes. Like I have this. And I read the description of it and I was like a home for me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like a play. Okay. I'd just been really having trouble like making those sorts of connections. It was, I think it was because I was in such an excruciate, like in such an excruciatingly needy place. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling so broken and exhausted and it was so hard to show up to a new place um, in such a diminished version of myself and show up to like a potluck or something and like feel like I needed to be like, I'm not usually like this. Mm-hmm. I'm a total wreck right now, but I swear I have a lot to offer. <laughs> totally, yes, <laughs> but right now I need like a lot of support, but yeah. why would you support me? Cause you, you don't know, know that I have anything to offer. <laughs> yes, like, right. Oh my God, oh, wow. this is so hard. Mm. Oh, I was such a mess. But so I go to, you're going to die. It was like one of my first excursions really. At Viracocha. Yeah. At Viracocha. And, um, I just went and I remember just sitting there and like being in awe of the space and the palpable feeling of the sacred in the space. Um, For five years before I moved to the Bay, my whole focus was on my spirit. And then I moved to the Bay and I quickly saw that I needed to learn how to uh, interact better with the physical realm and like take care of physical things like paying rent mm-hmm. <laughs> and things like that. Um, Had you been playing songs or doing any anything like that up until that time? It was really new. Um, at that first, uh, at that first You're Going to Die, I think I'd been playing music maybe a year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as I read the email, I had this like feeling of like not like nauseous panic of like, I have a song that I need to play there. It's the scariest song I could imagine singing. It's acapella. Like, oh, you knew in advance. You knew as for soon sure. as I read the description. Wow, I don't and think I've pers- ever heard yeah. you tell me all these details. <laughs> the person who invited me was like, "It's very serious that it's about death," and and I was like, "Okay, well, that's the only, like that's it. Like, I can't believe I need to do this right now." Um, there's like a, one of those soul mandates of like. Mm-hmm. And so the first show is when you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I showed up and just signed up and just sat in the audience shaking in terror um, and awe of what was going on. I don't know if it was the first or second one I was at that I also saw Scott perform mm-hmm. um, and was like, this is full of brilliant people. Oh, my goodness. Um, and so, yeah, I remember you calling me up and walking up to the stage area and feeling like my legs were stilts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just like these, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like standing. Any moment. Yeah, just standing yeah. up there being like, oh, this is unstable. Mm-hmm. Um, and like taking a breath and being like, all right, well, like this is, this is what you're here for. Um, I couldn't feel any, like I couldn't feel my body though. Mm-hmm. I was in a state of terror. Um, yes, fully (laughs) because everybody was silent Mm -hmm. and that was it too. I was like, I can't like, this is it. Mm. This is the space. This is 
I've been so homesick for really like over 10 years. <laughs> and like, here's this space that like, I feel reaches down to the depths and up to the heights of like, of what I'm wanting in a community. Um, sang the song. I remember <laughs> you got up after me and you were just like, whoa. <laughs> or like something like that. And yeah. I was just Whoop. like, or just like, or maybe it was actually like a, wow. I think it was a wow. Mm. And I was just like. Sounds about like I felt. Yeah. And I remember being like, I think I blacked out during that. Was it bad? Is he wowing at the bed? Like what? And I just like <laughs> yeah. stilted my way. You know way. that wonderful show where we create this safe space and where everyone can be vulnerable and just like, wow, yeah. that wow. was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> next. <laughs> and up next we've got. Um, and I, yeah, I stilted my way back down, mm-hmm. sat down and um, a few days after the show, I got a message from you asking if I wanted to um, be part of the curated show. And I was like, so honored and like couldn't believe it and also terrified and you know what i love love right now is maybe maybe you could sing that song you sang on the first night you feel like you could do it right now yeah yeah belt it out let's do it all right i'll let go of your body and soul i'll let go Of your body and soul, I'll let go. Of your body and soul, let us both free to roam. Through this world and all its colors and shapes, let these tongues take in every taste, learn to love. That which never stays, I'll let go, I'll let go, I'll let go. And when I cry out the wounded child who wails with each season past, I'll hold her in my arms so tenderly as she screams, nothing lasts. Now, child, it's fine to cry, but when you miss me, look to the sky. Though body and soul can roam, my spirit with yours at home I'll let go of your body and soul I'll let go of your body and soul I'll let go of your body and soul let us all free to roam let us all free to roam. Thanks. You're welcome. Holy shit.
since then, so my first like two or three years in the Bay were so much about finding balance um, in a macro way because I had spent so much energy on spirit cultivation that it was like, I need to learn how to be in a body and you're going to die was an anchor for my spirit during those times when I was needing to focus all like almost all of my energy and was feeling like, all right, spirit, I'll come back right now. I need to go to the dentist. (laughs) (laughs) I got to get these wisdom teeth out. Like this is not good. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Did you get your wisdom teeth out? Oh, did I? I remember (laughs) that. You know, the picture. Oh yeah. The picture. That's great. Um, But it's been like, it's almost like I'm still feeling the like, it's like, it's been a rare thing in my life that I've been able to join something that already exists that feels so fulfilling and so aligned with all of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a story running through my life that I need to make that every mm-hmm. time. Um, and this just cancels that story out. It's mm-hmm. not true. Like, this is... It's still, though, I'm still catching up to mm-hmm. being like, can can it be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's been amazing. And then, like, the first time I ever saw Chelsea, it was at the Lost Church right in the beginning. I saw her perform. I loved oh, it. Oh, really? The first time mm-hmm. was at the Lost Church. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it. What and you all talked about in that um, singing to people in hospice. Yeah, it was right when that. Oh, right, good. This is great. Idea yeah. first happened. Mm-hmm. It was it was right at the beginning of that idea. Mm-hmm. How I had just gotten the call to do that, and you had just presented to me the idea of doing that, and we had the synchronicity of right. that, and we shared about it. So, and, so yeah. I heard that, and I like thought of going up to Chelsea or you at the end of the show and being like, Hey, uh, yeah. Like, you know, that my yeah. like approaching people voice. Totally. That's um, a great, great voice. <laughs> I remember it fondly. From when we met. You remember oh, from when that? I approached you, hey, yeah. which I did approach Scott at you're going to die. Hey, by the way. Yes. I know. <laughs> um, so I, but I didn't end up approaching either of you that night because I was nervous mm-hmm. um, and I sent Chelsea a message on Facebook yeah, <laughs> and just was like, loved your music. Um, you talked about singing for people who are near death and who are in the process of dying. And that like gave me goosebumps and I'm really feeling that. And I'd love to talk more about that. And and then Chelsea was just immediately like, want to be friends? Yeah. And then here we are. But <laughs> here we are. It's amazing to yeah. me that that's now so much of what I'm doing with You're Going to Die is yeah. working with the Songs for Life program to like get it. I think it's a wonderful uh, way of kind of measuring my experience with this thing in that it's not just mine. All the ways y'all are kind of showing up in the different parts. Um, And for the listeners, Songs for Life, you can check out more on the website at YG2D.com. But it's our music and hospice program. um, And essentially, it's, you know, sending musicians into homes and, and hospitals and facilities where there are hospice patients and 
and playing music for those patients and their friends and families and, and, you know, maybe even ideally writing new songs to kind of create as legacy to those people in their lives and to honor the relationships that these musicians create with them. So that Morgan's, it's like, I know you describe you're going to die as this thing that you've gotten into that someone else's, but know that from my, from where I sit and, and I feel this way about all of you, um, it's not like, it's not like I'm sharing the thing. It's not that, Oh, well, even the word helping is not correct. I mean, clearly even the word any co anything is, is like not, <laughs> does not acknowledge the significance I think um, of, of how you're showing up and how you are a part of this and how this, that you're going to die is yours. And, and I feel that way about songs for life with you um, and just anticipating the first time you go in to see a patient and sing for them, you know, I mean um, that's you. You know, um, and the same goes for the open mic on the 26, mm-hmm. uh, at the Starline Social Club here in Oakland. And, and Scott, like you and this podcast, you know, I'm just like feeling led by you guys in a lot of ways. Um, and, and also feeling like you, you've let me be the leader and, and, and bring you into this too. You know, it's not lost on me that that's not why we're here you know um but to be doing it together to have spent so long with so many people for so long and have have so many special memories of this thing but to now be in such a very different phase of my relationship with this that's my relationship with all of you guys in this thing it's just you know this this is simply a moment where four people are recording a podcast but it marks it marks a particularly special time for me and 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 the start or deeper into this next chapter for you're going to die that feels significant you know as far as growth and how it can show up for me and you guys and anyone else um as many people as it's worthy um uh, it feels it feels really good, you know, to be able to like talk about all these details. It's not um, it's like to hear your stories right now today is particularly special, you know. I'm I want to throw in that I'm in hearing these stories and remembering how all of us have connected. Um, I'm thinking about hosting, you know. I I'm thinking about how I'm hosting the first Oakland show uh, at the end of this month. And just really excited about all the connections that are going to happen there Mm. and how many people will see each other perform and send them messages from Mm -hmm. that community, you know, and just like, you know, I'm I'm just really excited about the birth of this whole new uh, show and have no clue what's going to happen, but... um, just based on all of the community that's formed around the SF show, I'm excited about it, and and then we get to we get to go do it other places too. Mm-hmm. We're going to New York. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a big couple months. Yeah. We're uh, 
the prison project um, is just kind of happening. Mm-hmm. I sort of can't believe it. But um, a few months ago, I went into San Quentin and did a You're Going to Die Poetry Prose and Everything Goes with a, a group of prisoners called the Brothers Keepers, um, a suicide in prison suicide prevention group of men, um, all prisoners who I got to just kind of make the space that we make and let them talk about uh, their stories and and that was probably one of the most powerful, important shows I feel like I've ever been a part of in this whole thing. Um, and uh, now, with the help of, with Jordan's help, we're off to Ohio um, for a couple shows at the beginning of October. And then um, we did Reimagine in April with two pretty special uh, curated performers slash speakers, um, Stephen Jenkinson and Mount Erie. Um, and now Reimagine invited us to come out to New York to do a couple shows there. So at the end of October, beginning of November, we're doing two, two more shows in New York. And that'll be the first shows other than Oakland on September 26th that are outside uh, San Francisco. But for sure, New York will be the first time ever outside the Bay Area. And that feels so so cool and uh i cannot wait we're all going to be there together so another reason why this is pretty cool to kind of have a check-in and capture this moment in the history of this thing the word's getting out people are asking us to go everywhere Mm -hmm. people are like can you come to portland Mm -hmm. can you come to la that's right so know that uh the point of this nonprofit, i think not accidentally but in ways i'm not sure we could have foreseen completely we've set up uh, organization that should over time get funding to allow us to go places to hold space musically, emotionally, energetically, performatively, entertainingly, um, from as small as uh, a house with 30 people um, to as big as a concert venue of 500. Um, we've done all that. And so know that you can check in with us through yg2d.com. You can put You're Going to Die into Google and connect to us through Facebook and Twitter and all those those places. And let us know if you're wanting to create something and let us know how you want to be a part of You're Going to Die because sometimes all it starts with is a little DM. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by meetup.com, facebook.com. What was the other one? You yeah, had? I knew you were going to have I was just hoping you knew I remember. It. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed.com. Indeed.com. I'm not sure I want to relate to them as a sponsor of the show. They've but. given us no money yet. <laughs> and no permission. But they could. To mention them but at they all. could theoretically give us lots of money for this episode. That's right. Um, the invitation is open mm-hmm. to Facebook as well. Why not? Yeah, no, Why I not? think so. I think, uh, you know, we did a show at the SFSPCA. Uh, not too long ago, Morgan and Scott and I went in there and, and uh, at maybe a little too early in the morning reminded everybody that they were going to die at their work meeting and their pets. And then we, we did a little open mic too. So yeah, you're right, Chelsea, this thing can happen. You know, we want to make it happen wherever we can. We love it and love doing it. So like I said, reach out. Um, I think there's no probably better way to end, um, a podcast with all all my co-hosts <laughs> then maybe singing a song does anybody have anything else to say before we sing a song together on the podcast um i do oh yeah morgan um because of the like because of the beautiful space that you're going to die creates and the lifting of the the veil 
that's so often there. There's the first thing I noticed at that first year going to die was the intimacy in the room and the connection between people. Um, and that's part of what's made it so precious to me, like a, a space where the veil of immortality that so many of us walk around with um, and is also, I think, in some ways somewhat necessary to be able to live mm-hmm. in a way like, you know, it's hard to like be like, I should make a nutritious breakfast when I'm like, well, I'm dying, you know, dying. Um, and that I've met some of my closest people through it. Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that like Me that three. I just yeah. am so my, yeah. I was thinking about how when I was living in Sacramento, I was always bragging that I got my car on Craigslist, I got my friends on Craigslist, I got my band on Craigslist, and my house that I live at, and my job on Craigslist. And I feel like since I landed in the Bay, I'd say the same thing about you're going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's a got my that's also, that's, also, that's, also that's also a little prompt for YG2D to give me a car. I'm just saying, like, if you want to compete with Craigslist, great. Just that little accent on the nonprofit status, everybody. We're yeah. raising money for Scott's car right now. Scott's car. taking donations. They're right. Because he said it in a podcast, and now we feel obligated. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good, Morgan. I feel like I've been here long enough. You know, I've, I have a lot of best friends in my life that I've done a lot of special things with. But um, to be here, um, especially in this room, but to be here in this area, um, to be in SF in the Bay Area in Oakland now, after all these years, and have very obviously my most my most consistent community that shows up be people that I met through these shows, you're, you know, dead on with that. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) You guys are, it's like a community that's complete, like best friends of my life, completely born from doing these shows. And I think it's the environment of the shows is the, Mm -hmm. like, I think it creates a space of like, when I look at you right now and like, know that you're going to die, it just makes a lot of room to be like, okay, I'm going to, really treasure this mm-hmm. and be open and like that awesome tiny mortal reminder that you have what is it like do you know what i'm talking about well i mean i have a, a few do, do you mean um um anyone in particular yeah the one where it's like not it's like not time to hold back mm. um it doesn't say the that grief exactly. one <laughs> Is it the one well, that down there went down? <laughs> no, much, it's not Ned. the Talmud. No, Wait, no which no. one is? <laughs> it's it's so good. It was just the other day. Mm, recently? Yeah. Oh oh. Hmm. It's like it's not. Um, it's kind of like Chelsea's song, actually. That <gasps> I won't hide my devotion. Ooh, mm. that's like a with good the cold one. ambivalence. Uh, so it's I forget which one it is. Me but too. I guess, yeah. Hmm. Uh, oh oh, I know which one it is. Yeah. Somewhere, someone in the world just lost the most important person in their life. Uh, say I love you to yours today something like that is that I like the one? that one too but God, I mean really we just run into a road bump Morgan I don't know if you remember a couple days ago I was like I was on the computer scrolling and I just like leaned over and I'm like I'm really grateful for you I love you it was it was that from that reminder oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah I sent that I posted that one to my sister like immediately texted me and that was pretty cool to see like imme- <laughs> be, you know like reap immediate rewards right. from uh. From That's a post that you're going to die. I, I just posted yesterday that the best way to show somebody that you love them is to donate a car. 
Oh, did you get that on the, yeah. on the website? <laughs> on the, the nonprofit <laughs> website? It's a little thing. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but I'm... Oh um, I haven't seen gosh. it, and I'm not sure which one you're talking about, Morgan, but oh I, get, I get the point behind whatever it was. Yeah. It's like we're dying, so give it your all, mm-hmm. essentially. Totally. Yeah. Can I say something else? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I was just thinking about this experience I have often. Um especially when someone in my life dies, um, that closeness to death or, or proximity to death, um, I have these two feelings. One is that it makes everything more important. It makes everything worth more and more meaningful. And it also has a different side to it, which is it makes everything like, worth nothing or just it makes everything like meaningless and they're like it's all gonna be gone someday anyway it's like both of those things that i really enjoy holding space for because they're both true you know it's like on one hand it's like we're all gonna die let's say i love you to each other and be really close and intimate and make the most of it and it's also we're gonna die fuck it you Mm -hmm. know like Mm -hmm. fuck it Mm -hmm. you know and 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 there's two different poles of that that are both true at the same time. And they're both reasons why I like being close to this conversation about death, because sometimes I need to take myself way less seriously and Mm. be like, whatever, it's all going to end anyway. Who the fuck cares? I hope it's okay to say that word here. I Yeah. Oh, oh fuck yeah it is. Okay, oh, yeah. oh I'm All sorry. Right. I thought <laughs> All right. Thought okay, Scott was gonna yeah. be like, oh no. Oh, <laughs> oh no. From the top. Just stop. Find $50,000 because of you. Okay, just kidding. Cussing We're not alive. Cussing allowed. Okay. Fuck it. Um, but I think both of those elements are important. And I, I just wanted to speak to the other side of mm-hmm. it, of the like, fuck it, who cares? It's all going to go someday. Because that's that one's also important, and it's also true. You know, it's it's both of them. It's mm-hmm. like all the sentimentality of it, and, and the we better cherish it now because it's going to go. And also the, like, and also the fuck it of it. It's mm, yeah. also important to stay in touch with, I think, with both of those. In inviting people to the shows, I've often had people be like, I don't know that I can enter a space that just has, you know, the heaviness and for me it's like oh wait till you get there oh like, yeah the laughter is as important <laughs> to the whole thing as anything it's and that's been sacred and very not sacred at the right. same time mm-hmm. yeah. yeah the irreverence yeah. Mm-hmm. can be very and the irreverent right? mm-hmm. yeah i mean scott sang a beautiful reverent song while his pants were down on stage i think that happened night. Yeah. Yeah. oh my so we do combo <laughs> shots sometimes yeah. at the same God. time yeah yeah I mean, the song I've shared most at at YG2D shows has been What Peace. And for me, that one, the reason I like sharing it is because I can either sing it as like, what peace, when the worst possible thing is already happening. Or like, what peace? What peace? What peace, yeah. What peace? What peace? What peace? I, like, did what? I tell you that I listened to that song and I felt I, I had a moment of, of realizing that it was those both of those? Mm-mm. I didn't tell you that that went through no. my mind. Yeah. Mm. Um Maybe we should sing that right now. This is blowing my mind. I had not thought of that side of it at all. It took me a what couple years. It took me a couple years what of piece? playing. What are you it. talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The worst possible thing is happening. Yeah. Right. You're going to talk about peace. What peace? What right. peace? Yeah. 
I think this episode's special, obviously, because we get to all be together and, and kind of acknowledge our involvement and how you're going to die is all of ours at this point in its story. Um, but it's been really special to make a little time for the songs um, from my favorite friends that I've met and the favorite musicians that I've met doing this thing. Um, and so it makes it makes total sense for me to end the show with end this episode with a song from Scott. And it's a song that I love just because I love Scott and I love your music and I love the album that this is from. But um, a wonderful memory of mine is sitting in the lost church in the middle of an open mic. And you got up to sing this song and Morgan and Chelsea sang it with you. And I sang along from the audience and to, to share that now with, with the listeners would be pretty, pretty special. And I've imagined us doing this um, in the days leading up to, to this episode so i'm glad we're gonna do it right now and if you guys are down mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah like if you guys said no we're not down that would just be hilarious be like all right everybody guitars and all <laughs> never mind <laughs> never mind you guys thanks for listening <laughs> check out the website ydtd.com This is all a dream Then hold it gently Cause clinging too tight Could disturb the sleep Treat it right Get your family laugh And take your grandfather's sage advice Believe 
him when he says one bad decision can change everything. What peace when the worst possible thing is already happening? Decisions already been decided. What peace when the whole wide living world is busy dying? What a relief to not have to care for such a precious thing. dark night give your body to the water and then look up toward the sparkling sky there may be sharks in the deep and they may take your life but baby you were born for swimming
You're Going to Die, the podcast is made possible with a grant from the Peck Foundation and listeners like you. If you'd like to support the podcast and more of what You're Going to Die is up to in the world, head over to www.yg2d.com and click donate.